This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Great to have you joining us for the Friday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. Right now, retail sales managed to rise last month despite supply chain issues. Plus, the latest look at consumer sentiment out today. Bob Bruska is joining us, chief economist at Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Bob, let's begin with retail sales not expected to grow like this. What do you think is going on here? Yeah, well, the consumer is uh, spending money a little bit more uh, vigorously than we thought, but a big piece of this is uh, inflation. Remember, there's a, there's a tailwind here, and uh, when you take the inflation out of these numbers, you know, they're, they're still pretty solid, but um, they're not anywhere near as strong as the headlines uh, appear. So uh, that's my caution, is that it's a good report, but it's not really a great report. Do we need several reports like this in a row, or, or even better, to, to start feeling a little more optimistic? Well, look, even even looking at nominal retail sales, uh, the sales growth rates are are still slowing. Uh, now, if you look at them in real terms, they're they're slowing faster. So, um, retail sales are simply going to slow. You know, we came out of this uh, recession. We had given people a lot of income support uh, from the government. That now is going away. And so now basically consumers do have a pile of money. You know, there is savings out there from the past monies people were given and the breaks that they were given, but they're going to spend that more carefully. So the economy needs to basically grow based on the jobs it can generate and the wages it can generate. And that's going to be slower than what it got when the government was sending you, you know, extra money while you were unemployed or just free checks for nothing. So, um, you know, this isn't the dire straits. It isn't money for nothing and uh, spending for free. And so given the fact that a lot of that money is, is no longer going out, I mean, some people with kids are still getting money. Uh, is it more dependent upon uh, workers getting back to work so they have the income in order to keep spending? Well, it is. And the good news is that the jobless claims figures last week, uh, this last week fell very sharply below 300,000 for the first time since March 14, 2020. So, uh, we are starting to get people back to work. And maybe it's because those government support payments were pulled away and people find that, well, they have to go to work and they have to get jobs and they have to earn their income. But wages are better. And so there, there's a positive story there as well. Let's talk about consumer sentiment. That dipped. Uh, does that at all, I mean, maybe we can't tell, but does that at all play a role in future retail spending if people aren't feeling as good about things? Yeah, well, you know, the statistical correlation between this report and consumer spending is, is, is rather weak. But um, uh, I, I still believe that consumer sentiment is important. It's an important gauge looking forward. Uh, one thing in this report, there's actually sort of good news. It's, there's an inflation expectation component in this report. And the inflation expectations, and I look at the, the one in this report for five years ahead, so it's not affected by local events such as oil prices and things like that. Um, but the five-year ahead of inflation expectations are beginning to recede a little bit. They're still too high, but they are coming off of the highs that they had. And that's good news, and that might be better for consumer sentiment uh, ahead. But for now, consumers are worried about inflation, and they have concerns about the economy. 
Thanks so much for all the analysis, Bob Bruska, Chief Economist at Fact and Opinion Economics. The WBBM Noon Business Hour reached out to Time Out Chicago, trying to get their latest thoughts on Chicago's best downtown restaurants. Let's run down the list. Zach Long is here, editor at Time Out Chicago. Uh, Zach, which one do you want to begin with here? As, as people are getting back out, eating again, they're really looking for good stuff. What, what do you, what's the recommendation? What's number one? Uh, let's let's kick it off with a place called Haleo up in River North. Um, it's the the first restaurant that Chef Jose Andres has uh, launched in Chicago. Um, really great menu. Uh, you got paella, you got uh, gazpacho, shrimp, ham. You know all kinds of really great Spanish food. Some really great wine too. And um, actually, just as of today, they've launched uh, kind of a new basement speakeasy. Uh, in the bottom of the restaurant where you can uh, get these these pork-infused cocktails. Um, it's all kind of themed around ham and pork. Uh, it's a place called Pigtail. Um, I think it's a really great place to check out uh, if, if you love Spanish food and, and some ham. Yeah, nice Spanish theme. Uh, tell us about The Exchange. Yeah, so The Exchange is this uh, new concept from DMK. It's, it's located in the uh, Railway Exchange Building, which is right across the street from the Art Institute, right on Jackson there. Um, and it's actually kind of three different restaurants. Um, they, all, they all kind of share a, a menu, but it's three different spaces uh, w within this building, um, all kind of drawing on this uh, very like steakhouse-inspired menu. Um, and I would I would say that the place that you want to try to sit if you can is in the atrium there. Um, it's that really bright uh, kind of like lobby space in the building designed by uh, Daniel Burns. So you're kind of sitting in amongst uh, Chicago history there. Another one that is uh, not not necessarily a solo place is the food hall on West Washington. Uh, there you, you can get a lot of different a lot of different tastes in one place. Yeah, so it's it's this uh, company called Urban Space, which uh, started in New York. Uh, the this food hall on Washington, right across from Block Thirty Seven, is their first Chicago entry. They have about twelve different concepts in there. Uh, you know, you can go in, you can order what you want. I'd say that the uh, the ones that I would hit if I was uh, you know had to just choose something there was a. Roberta's Pizza, which is a wood-fired place, uh, kind of a, an import from Brooklyn. And then uh, Isla Filipina, which is um, the revival of the a Filipino restaurant that used to be in Lincoln Square that closed um, last year. Um, this is kind of them uh, making their comeback, and they have some really great lumpia and uh, barbecue chicken, if you like that. Yeah, it's got a great atmosphere, too, there. Uh, it's great. Uh, how about an Italian place? Anything Italian? Yeah, I got an Italian for you. Uh, Chef Lee Wallen uh, recently opened uh, Alavita, which is in the West Loop, uh, not too far from Ogilvy. Um, it's this really gorgeous space. You're going to be sitting under uh, kind of like flowing curtains or uh, this kind of like trellis that's lined with plants. And the menu is, uh, you know, pretty much what you expect, but it's it's all really great stuff. we got handmade pasta. Uh, they have some wood-fired pizzas. And um, if I was just going to order one dish on the menu, I feel like I would go there and get the uh, chicken parmesan. It's it's really excellent. All right, let's wrap it up with a gastro pub here that looks really interesting. Yeah, so uh, Bargoa is is a new spot just opened a couple weeks back in River North, um, and it's it's all centered around the the cuisine of this uh, kind of region on the western coast of India. So you have a lot of seafood, you have fried rice, you have hummus, and of course you have. Um, some tropical drinks and, and all the food is kind of meant to be, uh, you know, things that you would, you'd want to eat, uh, if you're, if you're out drinking for the evening, having a couple of beers, maybe a cocktail. And, uh, I will say that they, they also serve, uh, what, what they call the Indian equivalent of Malort, 
familiar to Chicagoans, I'm sure. Um, and it's a cashew liquor called Fenny. So make sure you get a shot of that while you're there. That's five great spots if you're looking for something unique and different in a restaurant here downtown. That is Zach Long, editor at Time Out Chicago. If by any chance you didn't, you know, weren't able to write all those down, I'll tweet them out in a matter of moments at Cisco Cotto. And that way, maybe you can do something fun and different this weekend. News that makes you money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Wizard World Convention celebrating comics and other areas of pop culture taking place in Rosemont this weekend. Let's check in with Vincent Zerzolo, COO of ComicConnect.com and Metropolis Collectibles. Vincent, it's good to have you back on the show. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, good to have this show going on here in Chicagoland as well. Uh, let's talk about something significant here. Uh, there's a there's a Marvel number one that everyone's excited about because it's not just any Marvel number one. Help us to understand this. All right. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm so excited. I'm here in Chicago. First convention in over two years uh, for comic books. This is incredible. Uh, so we brought to the, the convention an incredible copy of Marvel Comics number one. This is the first comic book that Marvel Comics ever published, and it premieres the, the appearance of Submariner, their first superhero, and a few other great heroes like the uh, Human Torch Android and the Angel. What makes this copy so special, it's called the pay copy. The pay copy is the publisher's actual file copy. Lloyd Jaquette, the publisher, back in, uh, back in during the golden age of comics, he kept a copy for the files for Timely, which was a publishing company before it became Marvel. And on the comic book, he wrote in pencil, pay copy, and he wrote the names, uh, the, the, excuse me, the check numbers, the names, and the amounts he had to pay each creator for the stories they contributed, as well as the cover art. And it is the most historically important comic book, in my opinion, ever. It's a 9.2 CGC graded, which makes it one of the highest graded copies, and I would even say the best-looking copy out there. This book is exceptional, historically significant uh, on multiple levels, and just one of the greatest books. And anybody coming to the Comic-Con this weekend at the Rosemont Convention Center can see it live, at booth 1015, the Metropolis Comic Connect booth. Comic Connect is our auction company. MetropolisComics.com is our dealer site. And we'll be here with tons of great books, stuff uh, from a few dollars a piece all the way up to millions. Yeah, it sounds like rarest of the rare. That's a pretty great opportunity. If I understand correctly, uh, fresh from literally being in space, Captain Kirk is going to be at this show as well. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. First of all, if anybody uh, does a Google search on recently on the news, he was in tears on CNN talking about how beautiful the Earth looked and how sad he is about climate change and the pollution and how we're destroying the planet. And it just really moved me um, to know, you know, that how much he cares. And, and we really do need to make changes to help save our planet. We want it to be around for generations and generations. And there's a lot of stuff changing that we need to take care of immediately. Thanks. I'm really looking forward to it, and I know a lot of other people are as well. It's always exciting. We have Wizard World coming to Chicago. It is all weekend long. Beginning today, that's Vincent Zerzolo. You can stop in and see him at booth 1015. He's COO of ComicConnect.com and Metropolis Collectibles. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The noon business hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Buy, sell, listen. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Art Hogan is here, Chief Market Strategist at National Securities based in New York. Art, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Hey, Cisco, great uh, comeback over the last couple of days for this market. Um, the rally today and yesterday for that part really have a lot to do with uh, economic data that's coming in better than expected. And that's probably uh, uh, likely one of the, ma- the major drivers. But the second is earnings thus far with about 50 uh, of the SP 500 companies reporting so far their third quarter results have actually surprised investors to the upside. So I think that, you know, we came in. Uh, down five or six percent from our all-time highs into this earnings season, and the reaction function thus far has been pretty good. Mostly banks this week, but away from banks, we certainly got uh, great news from United Health, Taiwan Semiconductor. Uh, you know, I, I clearly think we've got uh, an expectation or a lower bar for earnings uh, this particular reporting season, and I think that has caught investors by surprise and, and caused a nice two-day rally. And so going forward here, I'm thinking like retail sales, you know, that was certainly a nice number. Do we need data points like that to continue to come in better than expected in order to give investors confidence? We really do. And the interesting part is the juxtaposition between survey data, whether it's the Conference Board Consumer Confidence number or the Michigan uh, sentiment number, uh, we're both lower. And then lo and behold, we find the retail sales, what people are actually doing considerably higher. I think that's important for investors to keep an eye on. The, the survey data doesn't always tell us what's going to happen. It's, it's a suggestion of where investors or consumers are at any point in time, but uh, consumers vote with their wallets, and, and that number was very strong. We, we need to see continue improvement. We've seen continued improvement in the jobless claims, clearly a better PPI. So the sequential improvement heading into the fall here has been evident. I think investors are just waking up to that. It's important just to remember, we are just back to where we were in the first week of September in terms of indexes. So, you know, while we've had a nice two-day run and this is going to be a nice solid week here, um, we're, just, we're just climbing back to where we were over six weeks ago. Earnings season uh, just getting underway. What what do you want to see here? Again, trying to give some confidence here for investors. What do you want to see in this earnings season? Well, what we're likely going to see now. This is first week is is a kind of a uh, dress rehearsal for the solid earnings reporting week that we get next week, which will have many more sectors report. And the one thing you're likely going to hear ad nauseum in all the conference calls is supply chains. And what's important to see is how many of those companies can effectively see the, the supply chain log jams, increase in input costs, and pass that along and, and, and keep their margins. And, and, and the most important thing is what kind of guidance do we get? You know, how are companies looking towards the fourth quarter and the first half of next year? And I think that'll be the real tell. There will be companies that are that are clearly sector leaders that are going to do well and, and not uh, have any slippage in their gross margins. But I certainly think that's going to be something we really want to pay attention to. And the conference calls will tell all that. Let's talk about crypto. Bitcoin went over 60 grand for the first time in, uh, well, about six months. And what is behind investors feeling so confident in Bitcoin? 
Well, a couple things. So there's a very tight correlation, and, and you know, cryptocurrencies haven't been around long enough to know exactly if this is a hedge against inflation, if it's a if it's an asset class at the store of value. But I would say this: in the in the last three years, if you look at the correlation between Bitcoin uh, and the S and P 500, there's a tight correlation there. So the S and P 500, you know, doing better, and risk assets doing better. Uh, crypto tends to follow that. And and, and the, the second thing is. We're on the verge of some approval of uh, cryptocurrency ETFs. And I think in front of that, a lot of the folks that uh, play cryptocurrencies are see that as a new inflow of uh, a different cohort of investors being able to invest in cryptocurrency. So if we get some approvals either this afternoon or the first part of next week, then I think that the, the folks that are, you know, are active crypto traders want to be out in front of that for that enthusiasm that might come into the currencies if, if in fact, we have any number of uh, new ETFs that are actually approved for investors to uh, dabble in the, in that asset class. Now, what's interesting to me is how uh, some of these cryptos, especially Bitcoin, but some of these cryptos are really becoming the place where people put their money when they're fearful about the market. Gold has been that for uh, you know for generations. Uh, what, what sort of an impact might that have on gold if now there's competition when things are a little crazy? Yeah, I'll tell you this. The you know we first and foremost the asset class isn't old enough for us to know what it how it acts and you know, whether it's inflationary environments or when investors are nervous about both the economy and markets. It's it's just too new, and we don't have enough of a sample set to say, oh, this is what's happening. In terms of total market capitalization, it's still a fraction of what gold is, and and so I, I I'm not I don't think I'm I think it's too soon to jump on the bandwagon and say that uh, Bitcoin is replacing or crypto is replacing gold. What it has shown though is that when there's a risk on environment, cryptocurrencies tend to run with that, and when there's risk off, the opposite happens. So it's almost the anti-gold in in that real sense, and and I think time will tell if that continues to be the case. But I think the recent enthusiasm is we're getting closer to the potential for ETFs to be approved. The first one likely will be a futures-related ETF, and eventually we may have some actual cryptocurrency ETFs. And I think that's got a lot of people excited about a larger group of acceptance in, the, in, the, in this particular um, field, and, and we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. What typically happens, though, and I'd be very careful of, is that run-up in front of approval of something, you tend to get a buy-the-rumor-sell-the-news effect. So if anything were to make a dent in cryptocurrencies heading into next week, it may well be the ringing of the bell here at the top, at least for a short period of time, when some of these ETFs are approved. Thanks so much for all of the insight. Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist at National Securities. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Hey, it's Entrepreneur Friday. This afternoon, we're learning about a new app. It's crafted to make the planning and booking of a multi-person trip a lot easier. We welcome Julian Ng, CEO of Launch Trip, based in Vancouver, British Columbia. Julian, it's good to have you on the show. So for people who've never heard of Launch Trip, kind of give us a thumbnail sketch of what it is. Absolutely. Launch Trip is pretty much a mobile app where people can go on, pick their hotels, pick their restaurants, include their friends on the trip or whomever's going on the corporate trip. They'll get sent an invite. They can put down their own credit card. And there you have it. The whole trip is booked and paid for all in one simple app. So booked and paid for. So you, you can sort of split the cost of this. Yeah, I think that's the whole beautiful part about Launch Trip is you don't ever have to chase money ever again for these group trips. We handle the payment processing, and it happens all right in the app. And so uh, you're talking, I mean, you, I think you mentioned restaurants. What, what all can you do? Restaurants, hotels, flights? I mean, what can you do? 
we 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 haven't included flights yet, but for now we've included uh, hotels. We've included restaurants. We're partners with American Express Resi, so the booking happens right on the app too. So we recommend a really great restaurant right in the app, and you can book the whole thing with just one application. So what was we always ask the entrepreneurs this? What, what was the hole in the market? What what was it that made you say, "Hey, th this may be something that people really want that may take off." You know, I think it starts with me having a lot of group and friend trips when we go to Vegas, when we go golfing. And I always find myself chasing my friends for invites, chasing my friends for money. And I think that's the part that's never fun about the group trips. So when we launched Launch Trip, one of the first things that we thought about was how do we handle payment processing to take that pain right out of the, uh, right out of the event? And so what cities do you have? I know you're kind of just getting started here. And, and where do you see this going? Uh, we have eight of the main cities in the U.S. right now, anything from Miami to L.A. to Chicago, Los Angeles, and we are including about 12 more U.S. cities next year, uh, but we're hoping to expand into Europe as well next year. So we should be fully globalized by the end of 2022. And you'll just, uh, I would imagine, I mean, just keep adding more restaurants, more hotels, I mean, just, just continue to expand the offerings as well. You bet. So we have over 700,000 hotels already included in our technology, but it's just about scaling to the cities. Uh, and I think that, you know, we're built to scale. So by the end of next year, we should have over, I would say, 400, 450 cities in the app. That's uh, really interesting. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Julian Ng, CEO of Launch Trip. That's the name of the app, Launch Trip. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The Biden administration adjusting international travel rules starting next month. Let's get the latest from Joe Brancatelli, editor and publisher of JoeSentMe.com. Joe, uh, what does this mean about who's going to be able to come and visit the U.S.? Well, for starters, I think, Cisco, the government's desperately trying to unify all the rules. So... Uh, we're dealing with Canada and Mexico finally opening our borders again. And then all the Europeans, especially, now being allowed into the country if you're vaccinated. And all of these rules date back to a patchwork of stuff put on right at the beginning of the pandemic by the Trump administration. Now, basically, the Biden administration is just trying to reopen everything on an organized uh, formalized basis where there's one rule for all travelers. How important is it to the travel industry to, to get this going, to, to allow these travelers to come here? Well, it's hugely important. We are talking tens of billions of dollars. Uh, a small example would be yesterday when United Airlines, based in Chicago, announced that they would start next year Chicago-Milan flights. Those have never existed before. Uh, there's some local issues in, in Italy that causes an opportunity. But let's take something else you wouldn't think about, although you should, based in Chicago. Erie County, New York, that's Buffalo, by the way, says it's lost $660 million in the last year because the border with Canada has been closed. Now, scale that up to Chicago, where you'll, you're just across a different lake, and you can see how much money is really at risk. We think of travel as a sort of, well, when can I take my next vacation? But billions of dollars have been lost, and billions more will be lost until we get back to normal. I mean, international travel is down still around 15 or 20% of where it had been in 2019.
Yeah, a lot of business is dependent upon that. Uh, we'll see what this does. All right, Joe Brancatelli, always good to have you on the show. He's the editor and publisher of JoeSentMe.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.